Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard with the family. Okay. Introduce yourself. I don't know how many times you got to do this. Here, why we do this? It's the family with Tom Bernard and there you go, go. Catherine Brandt for a few moments. Doug (laughs) Sprintzel, Alex Rampard Rasmussen for a few moments. Andy Bernard and Cassie Schrader. And we will be back to kick things off. Special guest coming up next with the family. Doug Sprinthal. <laughs> oh, you caught it. I thought we thought we were going to do a minute of dead. Anyway, no. um, the auto show is in full swing. It ends this Sunday evening. It's a great, the weather is so crappy out here today. I can't think of many better things to do than go to the auto show. Who is doing that? Oh, there was some. Catherine. Catherine. Um, Typical. There's so many great deals right now. If you're in the market for a new car, please go to walzer.com. Click the specials button right in the middle of the first page. You'll see about 100 great deals on new cars right there. If you have questions about any of the specials, feel free to reach out to me at Doug at walzer.com, and I will guide you through them. That's the whole spot. It is a wonderful spot by Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, this this guy only had one hit, didn't he? I think so. This was it. Great song. I love this song. Yeah. Except he took a couple of shots at uh, Marilyn Manson, and who was the other one he took a shot at? Oh, gosh, I know. Was it Kurt <laughs> Cobain? Or... Yeah, maybe. I, I don't I remember. remember. I want to say it was somebody song, like in though. grunge or something, but yeah, that's kind of the emo music of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have Blake and Melanie. Blake Ellis and Melanie Hicken, ladies and gentlemen, a deal with the devil, a dark and twisted true story, one of the biggest cons in history. How are you today, Blake and Melanie? Hi, Hi there. Oh, thanks good. for having us on. It's a pleasure. I have a. Can we start off by? I just want to ask you a question. Have people always wanted to screw other people out of money, or cheat people, or pull a con? What is? The, I know they get money out of it, but it seems. 
it's just not in my brain to do that to somebody, to cheat somebody out of money. It, I'd have to tell myself, well, I'm too stupid to make my own money. How, what is that? Do you know? Yeah, well, I mean, we actually ended up talking to some of the business people that were involved. They call themselves business people. Um, the U.S. Yeah. government calls them criminals. Uh, right. But they, uh, some of these people that were involved with this scheme, and I mean, I think the business people term kind of speaks to what they told themselves. Um, they said they were just doing a business. These psychic letters that um, were the subject of the scam they felt like that was a service they were offering people. Um, and so they, in talking to some of these people, we talked to a copywriter who helped write some of the letters. We talked to um, some of the people directly involved in sending them out. And they just always, you know, would talk about this as a service and a business. And they, they really tried to convince themselves that this was not fraud. Mm, yeah, I could see. How did you get involved in the first place? Where did you, where did you discover this? So we were both on um, CNN's personal finance team, and we mm-hmm. received a box full of junk mail, actually, from two women whose loved ones had just been bombarded with solicitations and scams through the mail. And so we were just sorting through all these different scams, political scams, charity solicitations, um, when we came across a letter from a purported psychic and got very intrigued and started doing some Googling and came across this woman named Maria Duval. And the letters from Maria Duval, um, it turned out, was one of the longest-running scams in history, and investigators from all over the world had been trying to stop this scam. And basically what it is is these letters um, with this blonde, middle-aged woman on them, um, they claim to be signed by Maria Duval, and they say that they can turn victims' lives around if they just send in a little money and they get these special talismans and they get Maria Duval's specialized psychic advice that will help improve their health, their, give them money, help them find love, and they specifically targeted um, elderly victims and often those suffering from dementia. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because it seems to me that the elderly often fall victim to these fake psychics or or what what is that all about why all of a sudden elderly people want to believe that someone else can see into their future or get into their brain or or what i don't even know what they do um but the elderly for some reason want to believe why do they want to believe it Do, do you know well i i mean we actually talked to a psychologist about that very question and um, some of what he told us uh, for the book was that yes dementia definitely plays a role in this so oh, you have people yeah. who do not um, have their wits about them the way they used to and what they you know a lot of these people we've talked to their loved ones and their loved ones say my mom my dad never would have done this in their right mind they were extremely skeptical like they never would have even believe the psychic existed, let alone want to set money to one. Um, but what happens is they kind of aren't able to distinguish between fact and fiction, and oftentimes they forget that they've responded to the letters, too, so they don't realize oh, yeah. just how much money they've sent in, or they just become obsessed with um, the letters. And, and, and But also, even for those who don't have dementia, they are very carefully targeting people who are often maybe they're widowed maybe um, a lot of their friends and family have passed away um you know so they they just don't have a support network sometimes and they're lonely and then these letters start coming in the mail and it's someone claiming to care about them and they're written in a way they buy information from data brokers so they can know the people's age. They can know that they're a widow. They know where they live. They maybe even know where their hometown is. And so that information combined with all these other factors makes these letters a lot believable, more believable than you and I would think. And, and so you really do see it's not just people with dementia that have fallen for this. Well, and what's, no, sad, like, what's sad about it, too, is in, in, in many cases we saw that a lot of victims – wanted to, they really believed that they could win money through the guidance of Maria Duval, and their mm. hope was to be able to leave something behind to their family. 
um, because they didn't have the money to leave behind, and they hoped that they could get some sort of windfall so that they could actually leave something behind when they passed away. Very sad. It is an am- amazing story. We're talking to Blake Ellis and Melanie Hicken about their book, A Deal with the Devil, A Dark and Twisted True Story, one of the biggest cons in history. Blake and Melanie, $200 million? Yeah, and the crazy thing is that is just in the U.S. and Canada um, alone. That is the figure that the U.S. government came up with. But we know that this was in countries all over the world. These letters were translated to so many different languages. They were in Russia. They were in Asia. They were all over Europe, um, dating back to the early 90s at least, if not earlier. And so the fact that it sold more than $200 million just in the U.S. and Canada uh, the investigators we've talked to think there's a chance it could have raked as much in as much as a billion dollars. It's just really hard to know just because this has gone on for so long. And it operated almost as a fraud in a box kind of concept where they basically like franchise the scam out to other mm. scammers in other countries. So you had our book delves into this fascinating business web that was created to try to obscure where the letters were coming from. It started in Europe but it then was exported all over the world using this, like, yeah, scam franchise model. So this kind of worked out well for me because it was either going to be the two of you on the show or a Nigerian prince who says he's holding $50 million for me in a bank in Nigeria. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad it was you. And- <laughs> God, there's a lot of this stuff. You know, the first time I ever heard of this kind of thing, I was a very, very young kid, and I heard about uh, Colonel Tom Parker, who was Elvis Presley's manager, they had a deal where the colonel got 50%, five zero, 50% of the money, and he still stole money from Elvis. It's unbelievable. That's never enough, is it? Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely, there was a lot of greed in this coming from a lot of people. God, it's just so sad. And, and so these people didn't have close relatives to kind of talk to about this or, Hey, look, I, I'll be totally honest with you both, with you both, uh, Melanie and Blake. I started in this business when I was 18 years old. I've had a manager or an agent from that time on. And at least three of them stole money from me. I know they did because you're working like a mad person. And you have no time and they're going to manage your money for you. And it always seems like, Oh, well, wait a minute. That where'd that money go? Uh, what I, It just amazes me that people dedicate their lives, devote their lives to not working and taking from other people. Because they see you, by the way, even as an 18 or 19-year-old boy. Oh, well, he's got it made, so I, you know he didn't need this. They really do believe that, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it's so easy for a lot of these people to justify it to themselves. As Melanie was saying, we talked to this copywriter who said he's basically in the same business as us and as journalists because he's in the storytelling business and he sits at his computer and he gets in the mindset of these elderly women receiving the letters he's like what do they want to hear they want to hear that someone's thinking about them and he says basically if he doesn't write them letters no one's going to write them letters they're all alone in the nursing home no one's visiting them so he's doing them a favor because he's the only one who's contacting them and he really he really talking to him he really believes that he thinks that he is doing oh, yeah. a service to lonely elderly people around the world. Now, how long did you did you both work on this story? So it's funny because it started as a just a few months <clears throat> looking into the scam and trying to figure out where the letters were coming from. And also our biggest discovery was that there really is this real woman named Maria Duval out there. She was a small town psychic in France. And so this, then as soon as we figured out that she, there really was this woman, she really became our obsession where we wanted to know, like, did she know these letters were going out? Had she made money from them? Why, how did this start? And so that then became basically a, several year journey um, that um, ultimately culminated with two trips to France for us to try to find her and talk to her. And um, so it's been, it's been a very long journey with a lot of rabbit holes. Yeah. And I guess that was my next question. Did you feel it internally? I mean, did you both have nights where you lay in bed staring at the ceiling going, Oh my God, the world's a lot worse than I thought it was. That'd be kind of tough. <laughs> Yes, and a lot 
scarier. I mean, we were getting, when we were writing this book, we started getting all kinds of weird emails. Um, We got one from someone saying that Maria Duvall and some of these business people were involved in this really sinister cult. We got another email saying that the the businessman um, who created the scam wanted to meet with us on the beaches of Thailand. And then we heard that that wasn't actually true. So we were wondering why someone was trying to lure us to Thailand. I mean, it got, things got really weird. Um, and it is, it is sad to see that there are so many people who have made a career out of scamming elderly people, especially those with dementia. Yeah. And then you probably had to take some of those, uh, some of those uh, messages you got as threats in a way, maybe veiled threats, but they, they sound kind of threatening. Why don't you meet me on the beach? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm meeting you on the beach, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's, I mean, so we go, yeah, we go into that um, a little bit in the book. We kind of, because this was a different kind of story for us. It just got really bizarre, and there were all, yeah, these, like, sinister Emails. Also, one of the key businessmen that we had been trying to talk to, uh, we found out he had died in a mysterious motorcycle accident just months oh. before um, we were trying to reach him. And so we did. Our, our brains went to very dark places, and we kind yeah. of started spiraling there for a while where we were convinced that we were part of some weird conspiracy and we have, had been, you know, dragged into all of this. Uh, but it, we then, I think slowly we're able to kind of come back down to earth and the the weird messages kind of subsided but it was yeah it was a crazy story it really i mean this is such a cliche term but it really felt like something out of a movie and and we were oh, clearly man. a part of it i could see that absolutely there, there's also a book out right now about i think his name is len perlman the guy who managed nsync and uh, the boy bands um one of the guys from NSYNC yeah. talked about the fact, yeah, you saw that? One of the guys from NSYNC talked about the fact that they sold 10 million albums and it was time for payday. And Perlman had all these checks written out to the fellows and he gave them the envelopes. And one of the members of NSYNC said he opened the envelope, looked at it, and was just floored because he said from 10 million albums, he got a check that was less than he would have made working 40 hours at Starbucks. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> it's just so well, sad. That's, and so that's... That's actually funny because that is what Maria Duvall actually and her family claim happened to her. They, right. they we were able to deter- we were able to determine that she really did make money from the scam. We found records that showed she made at least two hundred thousand dollars, but and and there were likely other payments because her son claims that she sold the rights to her name all these decades ago, and that the scammers mm. then used them as they saw fit. And so it is the fact where, I mean, we can see pretty clearly from um, even, you know, making it inside her home that she is not as wealthy unless she has money hidden in very good places. But she does not seem to be living the lifestyle, at least now, that these business people are living. And so it is, it, it seems that she kind of signed on to this, we think, perhaps out of a mix of ego and greed and a desire for fame and a desire for money. But then all of these other people made a ton of money off of her face. God, it's amazing. You two do a really, really good interview. I, I, I hope to have you back again to talk more about this and other things you're doing. Blake Ellis, Melanie Hicken, the book is called A Deal with the Devil, a dark and uh, twisted true story, one of the biggest cons in history. Yeah, terrific. I, I hope you come back. Great talking to you. Thank you so much. I would love to. Thank and you. the book is on Amazon. Hi. Books on Amazon, right? Yeah, it is. Bye-bye. Yes. Excellent. Bye. We'll be back with the family. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. 
It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Are you playing some of my favorite songs ever? Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love yes. This. I love this song. Oh, it's a great song. Wonderful song, as a matter of fact. They were, you know what's really interesting? It's, it's interesting about life. I was talking to, uh, you know, Blake and Melanie, and they both sounded like they were about 16 years old. Yeah, I no know. <laughs> they were good, though. They did a really good interview because, you know, they very, very good at that stuff. No doubt. Um, doesn't surprise you. At all, does it, that people just love to screw other people out of money? Nope. No. Not at all. <laughs> That's about all you can say about that. <laughs> I mean, it's I in the don't... Ten Commandments for crying out loud. Yeah. Thou shalt not steal. Yep. That's true. Um, I don't understand, once again, see, my brain may be wired differently, but it's if I had to take money from people or I try to cheat people out of money, I would have to convince myself that I'm not smart enough or talented enough to make my own money. Yeah, don't you? I, I, I think uh, I think it's two things: laziness and lack of moral character. Yeah, I'm sure that. Yeah, I'm sure you're right about. It. They convince themselves that they're not cheating people; they're just taking money away from old people who don't need it anyway. Is that what they convince themselves? You think? I heard a really interesting advertisement. I don't remember where it was, but basically, it was a guy that had made his living for years selling timeshares. And then one day he said, I, I just totally screwed this 75-year-old woman into this terrible deal, and I couldn't live with myself. So he started a company to help people break out of their timeshares. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting twist, I mm. thought. Yeah. The reverse I... <laughs> timeshare scam. Yeah. No, it's, you know, how you can legally yeah. get out of it and prove that they lied to you because yeah. he knew all the tricks because he'd done it for so long, so... God, it's just amazing to me that people. But the people can do that, though. I mean, to very close friends, they can screw their own friends out of money. It's unbelievable to me. Is that what uh, really uh, friendships all about? Just ah, you know, I could just take money from you. Mm-hmm. It's money, you know. When you're dying and you're laying there in your coffin, you can pile all the dough on top of you and take it with you. Who gives a rat's ass? It's money. Calm down, right? Yeah, you do seem to be targeted much more than most people that I know. I've well, yet, you know why, you know, been around. Well, you have a lot of money. It's <laughs> probably one of the well, reasons. Well, but, but the other thing is, we, Catherine and I give away a lot of our money. Yeah. We do. We give away a lot of it. And you know what happens? Instead of going, oh, that's really nice, people resent the hell out of you for doing it. Do they really? That's terrible. Oh, God, yeah. They resent the hell out of you for giving away money. And the one I'm talking about the people who benefit from the from and Catherine and I do a lot of it um anonymously. But the people you have to give the money to somebody, right? Right. You can't just say, here's the money. You have to give it to a person. Almost always when you tell the person this I need this to be anonymous, they tell everybody who gave them the money. Even yeah. though you tell them don't tell anyone, they do it anyway. It's probably a tough secret to keep, you know, in your case, because you've got some public notoriety. 
you know, if your name was... Don't call it notoriety, it's know, fame. No. Right. <laughs> no, just kind of, kidding. They're somewhat just synonymous. Kidding. You know what I mean. If your yeah, name was Fred right. Anderson, they'd probably go, oh, well, thanks, Fred. That's good. No, it's, uh, that, it is fascinating, though, because the public's kind of like that. Because even though, you know, several times when, when it looked like, you know, co-workers are going to lose their jobs because the economy collapsed in 2008 or whatever, yep. Catherine and I covered it. And I'm still the worst guy to ever work with in the history of the world. Uh, I don't think so. People have a, people a, had jobs for, for decades because Catherine and I were generous with our money. And I don't have any problem. I'm not talking about what a great guy I am. I just think it's the right thing to do. Well, yeah. people rewrite history to suit their own narrative all yeah. the time. Yeah, they do. They do, absolutely. We have a caller. Um, who's the caller? Who is the Hello. caller? Hello. <laughs> Hello, who is it? Hi, Tom. How are you? Not too bad. How are you today? I am very well. Hey, I just wanted to comment uh, real quick about these uh, college things that are going on and oh, yeah. uh, kind of expand on a little bit about uh, maybe what's going on in high schools with high school counselors and principals getting Ooh, payoffs. Really? So I got a little background for you. Uh, I was stationed uh, active duty military in 1992 in the Twin Cities uh, as an active duty recruiter and uh, spent almost 11 years doing that before I retired in 2002. And, uh, first recruiting station I had was up in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and when I got in there, I'd never recruited before. There were some other recruiters in the office, and they were like, okay, here's all your high schools that you're going to get, and your job is to go to the high schools to find act or find people that are eligible to join the military. Well, of course, all the high schools that they gave me were their crap high schools, uh, <laughs> where they weren't recruiting oh, anybody nice. out could, of. Could you list a few of the yeah. crap high schools? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't be negative. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to mention any. I'm just going to mention that Thank I was you. in Saint Cloud, and no high school names, no high school counselors, no high school principals. I like it. But uh, I like it. So anyway, as my recruiting uh, career started taking off, I was wondering why we were having such a hard time getting into somebody's high schools. Uh, and it wasn't just me being in the Navy, it was all the other services. And in order for a recruiter to get into a high school, you have to go through the guidance counselor to get into the high school. That's the only way you can get in there. And you have to set appointments and you have to work with these guidance counselors. Well, some of the high schools that I had that were not uh, let's just say the good ones, every time I call the guidance counselor, he's like, no, I don't have time for you. We don't let the military in here. Uh, and just uh, uh, run on a bunch of stories just to keep you out of there. So I finally set up an appointment at one of these high schools to see one of these guidance counselors. And he accepted it. And I went through a secretary because guidance counselors have secretaries. And got a chance to sit down and talk to him. And he said that his kids and his school were too good to be in the military. Okay. <laughs> so they're better and than you, sir. I, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> most of his kids are college kids. Uh, we groom our kids to go to college. And I know you guys have talked about this numerous times on the podcast about grooming kids to go to college. And yes. so he said, yeah, basically, uh, we're not going to have, you know, we're not going to have time for you guys to come into the school to talk to our kids because all of our kids are going to college. So I walked out feeling a little bit defeated, and uh, probably about a week later, uh, I was at, uh, I was actually sitting at a bar. Uh, imagine that as a Navy guy, and uh, ran into his high school or my high school guidance counselor secretary, and she came up and talked to me. And she said, look, she said, uh, my son's in the Navy, but he didn't go to this high school. And I was like, okay. And she goes, you know, I want to thank you for your service. She said, but let me tell you what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, she's, and she, she gave me, a, like, a high school graduation program that they hand out, like, uh, for graduation ceremonies. And it was for mm-hmm. the previous year. And she said, 80% of the high school students in this high school go to this private college. And I was really? like, huh, why is that? 
Well, we got a lot of private colleges in the Twin Cities. If you think about it, and I'm not, I'm not going to name yeah, them. Well, all. Yeah. All right. No, you're right. <laughs> right. And she said that the high school guidance counselor gets a percentage of the first year tuition for every kid that is under his guidance to go to that college. Oh God. Oh God. <coughs> How is that legal? It's not legal. But and a part of that percentage also she told me was going to the vice principal and the principal. Oh God. Oh, this is children. So, their children's lives. They're forming their lives by doing this. That's really nice. 17, 18-year-olds, okay, who are looking to get into some of the foremost, better private colleges. So what's the cost of a private private college institution or a private college education, let's just say? Let's go public. What's University of Minnesota per year? What did you guys say that was, Andy? Uh, per year at the U of M? I think it's about 18 right now for residents. Let's see. It might uh, be light. It's in that neighborhood. Ye- per year? I yeah. think that's... Undergrad in-state is 14000 Out-of-state is 22000 It was right in the middle. Okay. Right. So, okay, so let's just say, and we'll use the public university as an example, that if a high school counselor can uh, convince one of his students to go to a private college, which might be a little bit more, that he's getting anywhere oh, from yeah. 8 to 10% of that first-year college their college uh, tuition put back in his pocket as a bribe. Okay, mm-hmm. so i got to bring something up to you. So you and I are paying for that 10%, 8%, 10%, right? Yes. Because we, pay, we give our tax money to these institutions, so they're giving it back to these scumbags, and you and I are picking up the tab for it. Absolutely. And that's what I've fought for 10 years. I spent almost 11 years as an active duty recruiter, and I fought that battle every day from some of these high schools that we were trying to get into. And it just wasn't the Navy. It was the Army, the Air Force, the Marines. And I'll even Mm -hmm. throw in the Coast Guard because they're kind of a part of us. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the the military in Minnesota, as far as recruiting in high schools, it's, uh, it's, it's a huge game out there. Uh, and it's a matter of who's getting the money. You just have to follow the money trail. It's always the money, isn't it? It's all, everything's all about money. There's nothing else but money. Yep. Yep. God, it's so sad. So these oh, guidance counselors and principals are living in really nice houses. And cause if you think about it, what's a guidance counselor make a year? 75,000. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, well, and then you, you know, add, you start adding his incentives that he's getting from various private colleges and then being guidance counselor ends up being a very nice career. I want you to know that tonight when I'm lying in bed, staring at the ceiling about this, it's your fault. <laughs> uh, it's just so well, sad I'm not that doing every not doing what yeah i'm not doing that anymore i retired active duty 2002 and got out of it have since uh entered the uh private uh industry so uh life has been pretty good so far so uh, but oh. i was glad to get out of it after 11 or 12 years I could see that. Well, thank you for your service, and really thank you for your call. I had no idea that was going on. I had a, no clue that was going on. But So I, I really appreciate it, your it, call. It's thank not you. only going on. Yeah, it's not only going on where we're seeing it in the media, but it's also going on at lower levels. What a shock. Well, thank you for your call, sir. And, Have and, a good uh, day, Tom. Welcome to the private world. You too. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. <laughs> see you later, Jeff. Ah, oh, what a world. Indeed. So you can't get anywhere or do anything unless somebody's making money for you doing it. Seems that way. It does seem that way. Oh, man, it's depressing. It's I, really, really depressing. I have a news flash for people that are listening live in the metro area. Mm. They closed down two lanes of 94 right in downtown eastbound because the uh, freeway's flooded. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. sounds That's about right. It's going to be brutal. Yeah. Well, it is going to be brutal.
Well, also, too, I just got, there's a news report up in Grand Forks. They're telling nobody travel around in that area because there's two to four feet of snow just on the highways. Hmm. State oh. patrols are getting stuck because they're having a blizzard with 50 to 60 mile an hour winds. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, that Midwestern lifestyle, you know. <laughs> I know. We're a hearty bunch. <laughs> you wonder why we, you wonder bunch. why we invented twelve-step treatment facilities. Yeah. <laughs> we over, need them. They're overflowing right now. Yeah. We badly needed. Oh God, isn't that's just so amazing? I'm really glad that we have people on the show like you know Blake and and uh, Melanie and Jeff and, and to call in and say this happens even in high school. Mm-hmm. Good God! Not at all surprising. No, it really isn't, is it, Andy? Everything's all about money, money, money. Mm-hmm. I got to make more money, and then I got to tell everybody how high and mighty and how wonderful I am to help the children. You lying dirtbag. No wonder I quit high school and college after one day. I hate you people. Mm. So I, I think I've told dark. you this before. I went to Breck for my senior year of high school because I was such oh, yeah. a bad public school student. My dad says, you know, I'll send you there. And I, and I went, and it was a really good decision, but I was not ready to go to college. And there was a, you know, my class was only 55 kids, and I was the only kid that didn't go to college. And my guidance counselor ground on me for the whole year. Because, I don't know if she was going to get some sort of a bonus or if it was just a matter of right. personal pride. Guess who her son is? R.J. Ryback. He was a year behind me, or a year ahead of me at Brown. Oh, R.T. Yeah, R.T. Did I say R.J.? R.T. Ryback, yeah. Hmm. His mom was actually really nice, but, man, did I, she make me feel guilty for not going straight to college. <laughs> Ah, you'll get over it eventually. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family and friends. And Dr. Brad Rodu. I like it. Dr. Brad Rodu will join us right after this. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you. Do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Jennifer, who started as a customer service rep and is now vice president. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority. Because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Great music today, Cassie. Thank you. A little smoke on the water. You know, it's very simple, but I've always loved the bass line in this song. Yeah. It's very simple, sometimes but it, the it, most it really sim- fits well. Yeah, sometimes the most simple thing you can do in a song sounds the greatest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our special guest, Dr. Brad Rudu. Uh, smokers often misunderstand health risk of smokeless tobacco product. Rutgers study finds. Doctor, how are you today? Doing great, Tom. Well, I'm glad to hear that. By coincidence, just this morning I heard the figure that... I believe they said 25 to 30 percent of high school kids use uh, what are they called? Vape? I don't even know what they're smokeless called. Smokeless tobacco. Smokeless tobacco, vaping, uh-huh. whatever it is, uh, or pouches. Well, I'll just turn it over to you because I want to hear exactly what we're talking about here because I, I don't smoke or, or use smokeless tobacco or any of those things. What, what is this all about? 
Well, an increasing number of teens are using e-cigarettes or what we call vaping right. products. And it's of some concern, of course. Um, unfortunately, the FDA is driving policy changes that blame retailers. When what? their own survey data shows that 90% of kids who are using e-cigarettes are getting them from their uh, friends or family. So it, it, there's a disconnect here. Yeah, I would say there's a disconnect here. So the, do they perceive that these are completely harmless and it's not like smoking cigarettes? And, it, and that's not the case, right? Well, nothing is completely harmless. But right, for adult right. smokers... For adult smokers, it's very important that they move to a product that delivers nicotine and tobacco satisfaction, but without the smoke. That's the key to reducing the risks from these products. Now, we don't want kids to be doing anything. We don't right. want kids to be using any tobacco product. But keep in mind, kids are using alcohol and marijuana at far higher rates. So the, and those products are illegal for everybody under 21. Right. God, that's amazing. You know, I, full disclosure, doctor, um, when I, uh, where I grew up, I started smoking and drinking alcohol at 11 years old because I grew up in the inner city and kind of everybody did that, right? But then by the time I was 21 years old, I, I completely gave up cigarettes. And then several years later, and it's been years and years, I don't drink alcohol anymore either. But it was kind of, and I'm not saying I felt pressure, but you always want to fit in with people. And is that a big part of this? Well, well, if Bill's doing it, then I should do it because I want to fit in. Is that part mm -hmm. of the problem? Oh, absolutely. I can't name an adult behavior that kids don't want to experiment with. That includes drinking and, and uh, other drug use, tobacco use, um, you know, sexual activity. The key here, though, is to uh, give them an environment where the experimentation with those things is at a minimum. Right. Um, I just, boy, society is, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 what amazes me, Dr. Brad Rodu, and you pronounce your last name Rodu, R-O-D-U, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, what amazes me about this whole thing is when I quit smoking, when I was 21 years old, cigarettes were 31 cents a pack. <laughs> and now they're like $12 or something. How much is a pack of cigarettes now? I don't even know. Well, that depends on state excise taxes. Oh, I think I they're fairly expensive in Minnesota and other they states. Are, yeah. They're a little cheaper in Kentucky, and we still have a fairly high rate of smoking. So, so you know, clearly you were one of the lucky ones. You were able to yeah, break yeah. away from the smoke and live a smoke-free life after age 21. That's great. But a lot of smokers are unable or unwilling to move entirely away from tobacco and nicotine. And that's why we're recommending that they look at smoke-free alternatives as a, as a, uh, to allow them to lead longer and healthier lives. A cost of yeah, a well, pack of cigarettes is eight forty, by the way, in Minnesota. Eight forty. So okay. quite a bit. Eight dollars more. Yeah, that's uh, that's rather expensive. Yeah. I will tell you, though, full disclosure, doctor. Um, so it's been decades and decades since I smoked cigarettes, but I still, to this day, have a hand to mouth thing. You know, putting that cigarette up to your mouth, and I still constantly have to be drinking something or what because that hand-to-mouth thing is is just hardwired into my brain that's that's kind of scary when you look at it that way isn't it absolutely and it's why many smokers can't break away like you did uh so yes it's important and and it's also why e-cigarettes with that same hand-to-mouth behavior and the nicotine hit, the throat hit from nicotine, that's why they're so successful in helping people quit. 
And that's why we have to keep them on the market and keep adult access to them. Now, I do want to talk to you about smokeless uh, tobacco products. Now, that would that be – so is vaping considered smokeless tobacco? Because it's not really smoke. It's just like, like moisture of some kind, isn't it? Well, traditionally, smokeless tobacco products are dip, chew, and Swedish snus, which is now popular oh, yeah. in the United States as well. These are products you place between your lip and gum. And you hold them there, and you derive the nicotine through the lining of your mouth to give you the same tobacco satisfaction that other products deliver. So those are smokeless tobacco products. And that Rutgers study showed what we've known for many years, that Americans are completely confused about the risks of smokeless products versus smoking. They're vastly safer, but Americans have been confused by federal, state, and medical society officials who have conflated smokeless tobacco to smoking. So they talk about the harms of tobacco use. They don't distinguish that it's much safer to use tobacco in a smoke-free form than it is to, to burn it, create 7,000 chemicals, and inhale that smoke. Man, it's just this whole thing is, is rather frightening because you – is it true, by the way, I, I just heard yesterday, I heard that the tobacco industry bought the, the jewel um, – Cigarettes, the e-cigarettes, they, they bought the company. Is that true? Yes. Juul now is owned by Altria, <laughs> the maker of Marlboro cigarettes. That's correct. Oh, oh my God. So it was it, basically it was threatening their products. So they bought it. Now, what are they going to do with it? I, I, you know, so now they can sell everything to everyone. Is that the idea? Well, I mean, the goal here is to have products that sell so we can continue to push the decline in cigarette sales into mm. a steeper decline. And, in fact, that's what we're doing. Um, cigarette sales are dropping at a rate that's unprecedented due to the fact that, that adult smokers are switching to other products. It's amazing to me, though, that most of the people I see smoking now are young people. They seem to be around 30 years old. Those, most of the smokers I see are about that age. Is that common? Well, yes, it is. Uh, the higher rates of smoking have been in the young adults, um, you know, and that's a big problem because if they are unable to break through the smoky delivery system, then they'll certainly um, suffer health consequences later on in life. It amazes me. The study published in the journal Addictive Behaviors provides new research on what smokers think about snooze, a Swedish-style product that is popular in Scandinavia. See, that, that to me, doctor, was never attractive, to stick some either raw tobacco or a little pouch in between my... my teeth and my gum, all the gum and the lip and all, I, that was never attractive to me i just i don't know i so people love that now huh chicks dig it tom oh they oh, okay okay uh, I, well man, in I sweden know. it's real popular it's real popular in sweden i actually did a research project there and the swedes both men and women uh use a lot of snus and the reason I was attracted to Sweden is their lung cancer rates are among the lowest in the developed world. They really? have very low rates of all diseases related to smoking because they don't smoke. They use snus instead. And certainly I agree with you that snus isn't going to appeal to a lot of smokers. But the yeah. health effects will appeal because they're much, much lower. I mean, I, the only people that I never, that I ever knew in my life that would put t tobacco or a pouch in, in their, between their, their lip and gum were athletes. Athletes seem to love that delivery system. No doubt about it. 
it's, a, it's a delivery system that's very compatible. You know, in Sweden, to go back to Sweden, soccer mm-hmm. players and hockey players are among the most common users because it, it gives them additional uh, – it, it gives them a, attention. Their attention span is increased. It's yeah. probably a mild uh, advantage to use a tobacco product when you're playing those sports. Is there anything they could be doing that doesn't contain the tobacco that that would, as you said, nothing is totally harmless, but is there something they could be doing instead to kind of wean themselves off of this bad habit? Well, it's hard. um, It's hard to... Uh, to de- determine what it's what's going to happen when people go completely tobacco abstinent, and so different things work for different people. Our goal is to reduce the risks, and then once those risks are reduced, people have to find their own way. Some will stay with smoke-free tobacco, others will move on and quit completely, like you did. Yeah, and, and, and as, I, as I pointed out, even though I haven't touched tobacco in, in many decades, I still have that thing in my brain, that hand-to-mouth thing. So I don't think you can completely break free. Uh, I'm not using the products, but I still have that part of the behavior. That's amazing. Oh, that's absolutely right. In fact, Mark, you probably remember Mark Twain's famous quote, smoking was the easiest thing he ever did. He's done it hundreds of times. And so, you know, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, So so it is a powerful it's a powerful behavior. We just have to give people options to manage it in better ways. I like this uh, this paragraph. While smokeless tobacco products are addictive, contain cancer-causing chemicals, are linked with cardiovascular and certain cancer risks, products such as snus have comparatively fewer health risks than smoking when used exclusively not in tandem with smoking and may serve as harm reduction alternatives for smokers unable or unwilling to completely quit tobacco. So I guess, you know, it's that uh, it's a lot better than what you were doing, so at least you're moving in the right direction. Is that kind of the way we look at it? Well, that's exactly right. Um, no tobacco product is perfectly safe. No human activity is perfectly safe. But these right. products represent a vast improvement. That's exactly right. Okay, doctor, I need you to do me a favor. I need to get your home phone number because when I'm sitting around having dinner with my wife, I want you to, to get you on the speakerphone and go, that's exactly right, Tom. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That works for I'll me. I'll do that offline. <laughs> You're a good man. Dr. Brad Rodu, R-O-D-U. I appreciate your time today. Smokers often misunderstand health risk of smokeless tobacco products. Rutgers study finds. Wonderful interview, sir. I, I'm, I'm really glad we talked about this because, man, it's a don't start because once you do, it's a hard thing to get away from. Absolutely. It was great to be here, guys. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Yeah, I, uh, uh-huh. Andy, you and Alex never did start smoking. Neither one of you ever smoked a cigarette in your life, I don't think. I smoked one. Well, I mean, I puffed one once. It was not for me. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> my thing. You're a daredevil, yeah, Andy. I understand. <laughs> we will be back with the family and now stepping up into the spotlight right after this Doug Sprinthal schmoozing about cars man what do you think doug you ready i'm ready and greg davis is here too he came in under uh stealthily and snuck in he's actually sitting in your chair no i don't blame him why wouldn't you it's cool (laughs) so we'll take a break be right back and kick things off right after this